please, if you would, and turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Now, so far, Paul, writing from prison to the church at Ephesus, if you remember in the book of Acts, the last time he was there visiting, he told them that he would not see their face again. He is now writing them from prison. This is one of the later letters, certainly not the last letter uh, that Paul wrote, and uh He is explaining all of the things that God has uh, to do in the first part of chapter 1, the the promises that are there, then the uh, uh, position of Christ in the first part, second half of chapter 1, the first half of chapter 2 is about our salvation. And now, uh, Paul is going to move from that salvation in the second half of chapter 2 and really all of chapter 3 and, and deal with our position in Christ. I mean, as far as theology is concerned, uh, the book of Ephesians is one of those key books. We've, uh, you must have... Um, a good handle on what is in the book of Ephesians, or you're gonna, you're just gonna run uh, a field on so many uh, topics here that Paul is dealing with. Verse 11, and we'll just read through the end of the chapter. He says, "Wherefore remember." Now, what is that wherefore specifically talking about? Our salvation. Uh, it is talking about the work that God has done, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to remember that being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, that's encouraging, isn't it? Uh, I mean, that is uh, a, a very dire state, but we, we need to remember that's where we came from. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath both made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens." with the saints and of the household of God, 
and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, uh, there's just a part of me that wants to run forward and get chapter 3 and try to put it all in here, but that's just way too much to try to cover in one night. So let's uh, just back up here and start in, in verse 11. We are to remember that because in time past, we were without Christ. We had no hope. There's, uh, there comes uh, a time in every life, if we're not careful, where we'll get used to our Bible. Where, uh, uh, and, and I want you to pray. I'm, I'm working on something in, in my spare time, yes. In uh, uh, extra time here on Bible reading schedules for next year. We've been using that same book for years and years. And I think uh, some people are just saying, okay, here goes the pastor again with the Bible reading schedule. So we need to do something to, because we, we can get used to the Word of God. I'm a preacher. Uh, this is my business. Every once in a while, somebody will say, but you, you have such a different, you know, someone in the world. Your church has such a different view of the Word of God. Well, that's because we stick with the Bible and the Bible alone. We don't use other people's books. Uh, we're not looking for uh, anybody else's accolades or, or uh, certifications. And, and part of the problem with commentaries is, if you write a commentary published by Zondervan or one of those big outfits there, and you condemn all of the false religions, who's going to buy your commentary? Uh, nobody. And so you've got to be very careful if that is your goal. But that's not our goal. Our goal is to live the Word of God. Our, our goal is to be as biblical as we can. And, you know, it, it's easy for us to forget where we came from. It's really hard for people who have talents or natural abilities to lay those aside to serve Christ. You see, if we're going to be in the body... God is going to have to fix us. Amen? That, I mean, that's the first half of chapter 1. Do you, do you remember some of those things that we dealt with there? I mean, uh, let's just uh, take a moment and verse 4. He hath chosen us before in Him before the foundation verse uh, of the world that we're supposed to be holy and without blame in love. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. I mean, uh, I wish we could stop and just take each one of these promises. I mean, God says he's got a plan for us. He, he doesn't want to save us just so we can be our best. 
Uh, we'll leave that to Joel Steen and, and, and uh, those people out there. They can have all of the, your best that they want. That's not good enough for God. He has predestinated us unto Jesus Christ Himself. He wants to make us worthy to be called His children. Do you, do you get that? I mean, uh, that is such an incredible promise that the Bible is talking about here. Now, here is where we started. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Paul spends a lot of time in Romans. Uh, The writer of Hebrews, most believe, is the Apostle Paul, where he makes all of these connections. The promises in the Bible of salvation and God's blessings were given to the Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham through Isaac. And that leaves us without God, without hope, without anything to hold on to. Except for God's mercy and His love. The fact that it's by grace through faith that He has saved us. And it says... That we are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, if you do not have Hebrews chapter 4 memorized, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 9, when he has made access to the Father through a new and living way. The world is full of religion, my friend. And all of that religion is supposed to give you access to God. But here in the Bible, I can approach directly to God. In fact, if you're here tonight and you're saved, it is because you as an individual strode into the very presence of God by faith and acted upon His word. Have you ever, I mean, that's why I like pictures of the universe and all those comparisons about, okay, here's, here's the moon and here's the earth and then here's another planet and, then, and, and before you're done, uh, our sun does not even appear as a pixel in the picture. Uh, uh, these huge things out there, they have, there are stars in our universe that they measure In light years. And you're just sitting there going, this is crazy. And of course my favorite is, who but God could waste all of that matter to put one little planet somewhere in this universe with people on it. And don't you just love the NASA people? There's evidence of water vapor that once existed on Mars. Liars. They're worse than the Democrats trying to find uh, things that don't exist now, aren't they? Uh, And, and, I mean, you can just hear them and, and the evidence of all of these things that don't exist. How much faith do you have to have? And yet, if you're saved... You have stood in the very presence of God and spoken directly to Him through 
Jesus Christ. And if you pray, ladies, we had a prayer meeting. We get used to these things. And Paul's telling the Ephesians, uh, you need to remember this thing. Otherwise, you're going to get comfortable with your salvation. Otherwise, you're going to not understand the work that is being done because uh, there are some things that have to happen. There are some things that have happened. And if, if we could just understand that all of the Old Testament prophets, the angels in heaven, stood in awe watching Jesus die on the cross. And we'll put on a t-shirt, Jesus is my homie. Uh, no, we don't do that here, praise God. But Paul says, I want you to remember that salvation, that creation of God's own workmanship, that is you. You were not promised these things. You had no hope. You were brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ, for He is our peace. And I, I will tell you, look, on, look, look around you today. Where, where is there peace on earth? I mean, Christmas is coming. I, I love Christmas songs. Peace on earth, goodwill to man. But I'll tell you, the only place you find it is in Jesus' church. He, he is our peace. And He is going to make one out of two. He is going to... Now look how He's going to do this. For to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Now, we look about this. Jesus is our peace. He has broken down that wall of partition. And if we lived in the Old Testament times, uh, we've been going through... The children of Israel, that mixed multitude that left Egypt with the children of Israel, had to be practicing Jews in every aspect of their life. They had to follow the law. They had to say goodbye to Egyptian culture. Uh, we live in a, in a day where everybody wants to talk about all the cultures being equal. I want to challenge you. That's not true. Uh, they are not equal. Uh, some of you remember the uh, the world that you came from, and it was not a nice world. But in Jesus Christ, there is only one set of truth. He has abolished uh, the uh, the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. He has taken all of these things. And he's made one new body. If you're Jew, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. If you're Gentile, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. By the way, is there a precedent for this? 
Well, if you remember the celebration of the Passover, as God was explaining all of these things, he said, if a stranger will accept the simplest parts of the law and follow the law, they celebrate the Passover exactly the same way as the Jewish people do. There's only one rule. This this is not something new. This is... Uh, this is God following exactly as he taught in the Bible, in the Old Testament. And he is uh, um, changing all of these things so that we have... Uh, not changing, I'm sorry, I'm misspeaking tonight. Having abolished, verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity... If, if we're not careful, we will go back uh, and, and try to make our relationship with Christ a, a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, that was the problem with the law. Now, what is the purpose of the law? Uh, in, in the book of Galatians, the purpose of the law is to convict us. The reason for the Ten Commandments is to show that no one can be righteous. That we're all in need of a Savior. That's the end of the law. But have you ever met somebody trying to get to heaven by doing enough good works? How many of you remember trying that on your own? Doing everything they said and you still had that knowledge in your soul that you were lost until you were brought nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made in one there is no difference now between the Jew and the Gentile. He is, verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. One body. Again, let's put it in context. When we get to Ephesians chapter 4, he's going to explain how the church works. He's going to explain all of the parts that are there, the purpose of the church. But what he's telling us here, and, and let's not forget to go back to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse tw uh, 22 and 23, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Uh, when we get down to verses... Um, Verse 18 and verse 21 of chapter 2, we're going to find out that this church is supposed to do some other things as well. And we want to grab a hold of this thing. And it says, and it came and preached peace to you, which were far off, and to them that were not. It is the same message. I've, I've heard uh, sermons and, and, and people have written books on the gospel of the circumcision versus the gospel of the uncircumcision. And uh, here's the gospel of the circumcision. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, here's the gospel of the uncircumcision. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. 
Now, the Gentile world needed a little more background information. They needed to understand the law, the promise of the Messiah, the fact that Jesus never once transgressed any one of the 613 laws, and that He, as the sinless Lamb of God, is our Passover. Every Jewish person understood the Passover completely. And those that have faith in Jesus Christ understood that Jesus is our Passover. Jesus is the reason God's judgment passes over us. As Paul said it here, He is our peace. Amen? And this enmity that was there is now dead with the cross. The same message is there. And verse 18, For through Him... We both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. What did Jesus tell the disciples the night he was betrayed? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When Philip said, show us the Father and it sufficeth us, Have I been so long a time with thee, Philip, and yet hast thou not known me? I mean, Jesus' rebuke was quick and it was strong. And we have this great truth here. Now, look at verse 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners. Now, Have you ever been somewhere you just didn't belong? I mean, there there are just few things more uncomfortable than having to be somewhere you just don't belong. Now, isn't it? And you see, no matter where you come from, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, we are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. We share the same Spirit. This is what puts us together. This is what allows us to get along with each other. I've often warned you, if you haven't been, uh, our church is not a big church, but if, if you're around here very long, there's somebody that's going to rub you the wrong way a little bit because we're human beings. And what we've got to do is allow that Holy Spirit to make things work. He gives us the same access to the same God about all the same problems. And we go back here and we're going to put this in context here in a minute here. It says, we're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, one of the things that I I love about America is you do not have to be born in America to be an American. Uh, It's not a people group. I mean, how many of you uh, living in New York, uh, we, we see many people of many different cultures. And, uh, of course, one of the big jokes that everybody has put down through uh, every which way is... Uh, you white people, you all look alike. Or you Chinese people, you all look alike. Or you Latinos, you all look alike. Uh, if you live here in the city very long, you know that's not true at all. 
Everybody looks different. I mean, and yet, you, you can be born anywhere in this world. All you have to do to be a true American is you have to want to be a part. I remember uh, uh, several years ago, I uh, was able to get my grandfather's naturalization paper. Uh, my father kept it in a Bible. And being that my grandfather's name was Pete, and my dad's name was Pete, and my name is Pete, and my son's name is Pete, uh, uh, that was a special little paper where uh, uh, Pietro Montoro became a citizen of the United States. That was one of his prized possessions. In fact, he refused to teach any of the family Italian. He says, we're American now. No more Italiano. And uh, unless he was mad at you, I guess. But uh, we'll keep moving in the right direction here. But where, where did we get this idea that we could take all citizens all over the world and make one people? E pluribus unum is one of our mottos, uh, is our statement of our country that we are one people, but we have many different origins. Where did those things come from? I want to challenge you. The only place you find that kind of unity is right here in the Bible, in the passage that we're talking about right now. Because the kind of unity they have at the United Nations, that doesn't work. The kind of unity that they talk about, uh, we, we don't have time for that tonight, the different subject, but... Have you ever been with somebody whose idea of unity was, listen, rule number one, you do what I tell you to. Rule number two, check rule number one. And and we're going to get along fine. How many of you have had a boss like that? Don't raise your hand, Hannah. Uh, She's a church secretary. Um, But the simple truth of the matter is, That's what the world thinks about unity. When they talk about compromise in Washington, D.C., they're not talking about meeting in the middle. They're talking about you folding like a cheap deck of cards and doing exactly what you're told to do. Uh, That is not what the Bible's talking about. The Bible changes us into the image of Jesus Christ. It makes us work together in one body which doesn't belong to you, doesn't belong to me, it doesn't belong to uh, uh, any denomination, it belongs to Jesus Christ. It's His body. So, it says we're fellow citizens with the saints. I'm always looking for a little place to get in. Somebody says, do you have saints in the Baptist church? I said, do we have saints? Said, Everybody's a saint in the Baptist church. Now, that's a Bible word for someone that's saved. Amen? And the household of God. 
my favorite definition of home. That's where they have to let you in. Amen? The household of God. Are we always pleasing to God? Do we do everything right? No, our salvation isn't because of that. Our salvation is because of Jesus Christ. But when we knock on that door, it says, even if we believe not, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny his own. We're brought into the household of God. And, and remember, you can, uh, our theme this year is be followers of God as dear children. I mean, uh, it can be a joyful thing or it can be fear and trepidation when that door is open now, isn't it? Um, sometimes, uh, we've all heard stories about, uh, when uh, certain someone came home. Sometimes dad was not living for God. And when he came home, the, everybody else in the home was afraid. That was a, those are terrible things. God always, we're part of his household. But it says, Wherefore come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. It says, I'm going to be a father unto you. And ye are going to be my sons and daughters. One of the great promises in the New Testament. Nobody preaches on that anymore. You know why? Because it means we've got to let go of some things. And yet, this is how we are made that household. And now, look at verse 20. We're getting into it here. It says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles. What's those next two words? We're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, again, uh, just two words derails an entire genre of theological library here. Uh, this idea that the Jewish people and the Jewish faith, that they've all been removed and replaced... Uh, that's foolish. It says the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That's Old Testament and New Testament. You get one Bible and, and you'd better spend some time with all of it. That foundation that we are resting on. We would not understand the sacrifice of Christ if it were not for the Passover. If it were not for the sacrificial system. If it were not for the tabernacle. Would we really grasp what our prayers are supposed to be like if we didn't study the incense and, and the golden altar and, and all of those things that God has given us living illustrations for? But here's the key. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Any questions about why Peter is not? the stone on which the church is builded? I mean, how can, you, how, how can you go there? You cannot if you stick with your Bible. Now, these last two verses, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now, 
How many of you have heard about that? Uh, I don't even know what it's called. Uh, Field of Dreams or something there in New Jersey. It used to be Xanadu, and, and they've been building on it for the last, what, 25 years or something, and it's supposed to open Saturday, and they don't have a certificate of occupancy yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. I just really am. Um, do you get what it's saying here? It says that we are built upon the foundation, living stones, Peter puts it, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Now the temple, that's a Jewish word. Uh, Many other religions have had a temple, but when the word temple is used in the Bible, it's talking about the temple that Solomon built in Jerusalem. The, The temple that was in existence at this time in Jerusalem didn't have the Ark of the Covenant in it. It was just an empty marble slab. That disappeared when Nebuchadnezzar looted Jerusalem in 600 or 606 Uh, B.C., this temple where God actually dwelt, the Shekinah glory of God appeared was Solomon's temple. That didn't exist, hadn't existed for over 400 years. Almost 500 years by the time the book of Ephesians comes along. And he says, you are the building material for that temple. Now, the purpose of a temple is only one, worship. We are supposed to facilitate people being able to worship the Lord. I mean, we call our Sunday morning service a worship service. And and we try. But I want you to start thinking about something. How much effort are you prepared to invest, excuse me, in worshiping God? Do you come prepared to put forth effort to worship God? That's... You know, uh, just getting back to what we've been doing all week, we're trying to put this building back together. You know why? Because we don't want those 14-foot-tall stained-glass window panes going, and breaking into a thousand pieces. Uh, that, that would not be very helpful. Um, so, we're... Fitly framing, and by the way, I, I want to tell you, whoever built this building in 1863 did a fabulous job. I have nothing good to say about those who have maintained it up until Brother Newberger and uh, we took over the building. Uh, because they didn't do a good job. But the thing is, when when a building is put together properly and correctly, it works. And we're supposed to be builded together a temple 
Now, yes, you can worship God on your own, but how are we supposed to worship God in the New Testament? Through the church. You know why? Because it's his body. And what is Jesus' body going to do but bring glory and honor to himself and to God the Father? That is the essence of true worship. And that's what we are trying to accomplish. The second one, he says it a little different, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. I remember as a little kid, I was running in church and some very well-meaning elderly man said, Don't run in this church. This is the sanctuary. God lives here. Scared the living daylights out of me. I got a little older and I became the janitor and vacuumed in the church and did everything in there. But the thing is, the Bible says that that old man wasn't too far off the point now, was he? It says we're supposed to be built together, fitly framed. We're supposed to grow, uh, not in the same sense that the human body grows, but we're supposed to see additions, other building blocks being added to have a temple to worship the Lord in, a, a place and a, a facility to bring worship to God. But God wants to live in us. Now, He does live in you. Uh, what is that song they sing at Heartland? It's, he, or no, uh, I think the Amen Quartet. He's so great that He holds the world in His hand and so small He lives in the heart of a man. Uh, uh, just actually some really good wordsmithing there. And, and, and uh, brings out a, a wonderful message of God. He wants to live in us. But one of the things we're missing is that presence of God that a church ought to bring to the area it is in. We're, we're reactionary. The Catholic Church, salvation is in our church. And if you think that's bad, just talk to the Orthodox. They're like on crack. Same message. Uh, wrong. Uh, that's not it. Salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he wants to live through our church. That's why we have Morris Park Bible Baptist Church. And the Union Baptist Church. And working with Community Baptist Church. Why? Because even though it doesn't seem like we're getting anything done, this is a place where God wants to live. And it's our job to examine our lives, to remember where we came from. We have no right no privilege, no reason except for God's love to enjoy these things. And if we're not careful, we'll get so comfortable with them. He is the fullness that filleth all and all. That's Jesus. But he wants to be worshipped where? In that body he created. 
He wants us to be builded not just on New Testament, on New Testament, Old Testament, all the Bible, the prophets. Jesus Himself is the chief cornerstone to worship God, a temple, and a place for God to live. You know, one of the things I love about visiting churches and being able to travel a little bit is I'll walk into uh, another church somewhere, sometimes never been there before. And just like home. Why? Uh, same Spirit. Same Lord. Now, I do understand that one day we'll be assembled all together in heaven. But again, I want you to understand, that's a local church. It's not working right now because part of us are stuck down here. There's only one church in the Bible and it's local. And they're all over. And we all serve Christ. If Jesus were walking down the street, or if the Apostle Paul were walking down the street, we'd want him to be comfortable here. Sunday... Uh, we had some uh, missionaries traveling through. They work in Spanish Morocco. And uh, some of you remember the masters spent some time in Morocco learning Arabic. They actually worked with this family. Uh, and they didn't know that until they visited and just sat down in the church. And, oh, we liked your church. You know why? Because they like the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's good. That's the way it ought to be. That's the testimony that we want to have. You see, we need to remember that we don't have a right to these things, but we have the privilege of being a facilitator of the worship of God, a place where God wants to live. But that only happens as each one of us give to add to what is going on in the church. It takes effort. It's not just for the preacher. It's for every one of us to work and to serve. And when we do that, guess what? We'll find out that I'm not a stranger anymore. It's always amazed me. People will say, your church isn't very friendly. Well, I noticed you showed up 20 minutes late halfway through the sermon and you left before the invitation. You didn't give a chance for anybody to be friendly. I, I mean, that's what I like to tell them. Because that's the truth. But if you stick around, you'll find out there's some wonderful people to serve the Lord with. Because there's one spirit there's one gospel, there's one Savior, and there's one body. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together tonight. And Lord, we ask you just to encourage us in these simple truths, truths that we know we've been over before many, many times. But Lord, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get comfortable. We'll get callous, and we'll even take these things for granted that are the most incredible revelations of the entire Bible. How that you took us without hope, aliens, no, no hope in this world at all.
and made us part of the body of Jesus Christ. We ask that you would encourage us to be faithful. In your name we pray. And before we finish the prayer, we'll have the piano play. If you need to slip out, the altar is open.